You're listening to the best of Morning Drive with Dietrich and White, an on-demand audio presentation of redpeachsports.com and ESPN977.com. Now here's today's show. Good morning, North Louisiana. What up? How goes Aaron here in the Caldwell Banker Group One Realty Studio in West Monroe, alongside from the Washita Citizen, Jake Martin. What up, Jake? What's up, brother? This is probably about as good as I felt on a Monday in a long, long time. What's the meaning of it? I don't know. I'm well rested. I'm ready to go. It's going to be a big week, a busy week, and of course, uh, thankfully, the Oscars were so boring last night that I went to bed early. (laughs) (laughs) Did you watch any of it? I tried, man. I'm telling you, it was so darn boring. You know, I'm no Jimmy Kimmel fan, but I mean, it just. And then they do all this, you know, they always have these awards, you know, like, I don't Well, care. yeah, that's what it's all about. The audio, the lighting, this and that, the design, the costumes, and at some point I'm just like, all right, why am I watching this? And then, of course, the one surprise, I do see Kobe Bryant come up on stage. I'm like, oh, what's going on here? <laughs> what? Two, two worlds are clashing yeah. right now. And then, of course, then you read the statements afterwards and the fallout from it. And, of course, uh, Kobe Bryant getting caught up in the moment, perhaps just a little bit. Saying winning that Oscar was uh, almost better than winning a championship. False. <laughs> False. Like Kobe. I said, getting caught up in the moment. Yeah, I think he would take that night today. You never know. So uh, I understand Shape of Water won last night. Yeah, I didn't see it. Something about a fish falls in love with a woman, or so a woman if, falls in love with a fish. I don't if know. something wins Best Picture, then are you you see it on pay per view? You're more no. likely to click on it and then uh, watch it. No, because I, you know. The Oscars, to me, like you always hear about how these old – it's mostly old guys voting on these movies. Yeah. I'm talking like not you old. I'm uh. talking super old. <laughs> so I thought he was taking another shot. And, and you know, like uh, there were some rumblings that they didn't even watch – and I don't believe this, but, you know, you see some things on Twitter like they didn't even watch Get Out because they didn't think it was worthy of an Oscar movie. And I don't know. I just think it's it's – I don't really put a whole lot of value into it because I think it's a lot of old people watching it. So they need to have like a younger version of the Oscars where millennials like no, yourself I mean, are voting on categories. No, I mean, if something's nominated, I'll, I'll you know, look into it and see if it's something that interests me. Like the Three Billboards movie, I don't know if that was nominated or not. That sounds interesting. You do not know what I'm talking about. It's, it's a pretty interesting movie about Three Billboards. Check it out. Mm. Uh, and I, Tanya, I want to see – I almost clicked on that last night. I was going to watch that yesterday afternoon. Now, Richie says, Shape of Water is fantastic. Watch it. Clint says, isn't this a sports show? Come on, guys. Uh, hey, hold on. We got about 15 more minutes of movie talk. <laughs> the one thing I did like, though, at the beginning, and I think it was a joke, they were going to give away a jet ski to the guy that had or the person that had the shortest speech. They actually did give it. Mark Bridges won that, if you're ser- uh, curious. 36-second speech, so well done by him. I think that is a that fabulous idea. That is very uh, smart. That is a fabulous idea. It really is. They need to do that at Hall of Fame speeches. <laughs> Louisiana Sports Hall of Fame. That is there, they yeah, need, yeah, that yeah. They okay. need to incorporate that. Sure. All right, so there you go. There we move on. Headlines on this Monday morning, Jake. Boy, you, you start jotting down stuff, and one thing leads to another, and you finally end up with a big old list of a lot of different things took place this weekend. This was like sports heaven. This past weekend, there were so many things that happened from you know baseball to basketball. I'm talking college, high school. I don't even know where to start. I think we should start with, of course, uh, March Madness is right around the corner. You have conference tournaments. In fact, uh, a number of conference tournaments have already wrapped up. 
How strange and odd was that to flip on and, of course, be watching a Big Ten championship yeah. game yesterday? Yeah, they did it a week early. Uh, I don't. They had to get into the Madison Square Garden. Yeah. That was the whole is thing. It that, is it worth it to go all the way to New York to do it and just do it a week early? It just seemed odd to me. Everything about it seemed odd. Oh, what have we got? Four teams already in? I, I think there's three I, conference tournaments that have been wrapped up already. And then, of course, we look forward to the tournaments that involve our local schools. And now you look at the road to the championship and the path that they're going to have to take. Uh, it will not be easy. Uh, ULM, we start with the Warhawks at home. They fall behind by a lot, come back, actually take the lead in the closing minutes. And then the last four minutes, it gets a little ugly for the Warhawks. So they're going to end up as the number six seed in the Sunbelt Conference tournament. You look at Louisiana Tech, uh, they've had a rough go at it of late. They lose another one to Southern Miss. They were down by 24 at the half. Uh, they only scored 17 points in the first half. They uh, make a rally, but they ultimately also fall short. So they're going to go in as the number 10 seed in the Conference USA Tournament. They will play a Wednesday night at 8.30. The best news, I guess, in college basketball, and this is – it's great for Grambling basketball, the fact that they win their first uh, conference championship in 30 years. They have their first winning season since 05-06. Fantastic news. Done a tremendous job of rebuilding this program. But unfortunately, they're in ineligible for their postseason tournament and, of course, for the Big Dance. Yeah, and that is unfortunate. But, you know, they made humongous strides this year, and I think you got a lot of people that are excited about what's to come next year. Uh, LSU basketball. Uh, what will they go in as the number 10 seed? Yeah, they lucked up. Uh, they had to have three different things happen, three or four actually, uh, this past weekend, and they happened. Uh, they beat Mississippi State, and then they had Georgia and South Carolina lose, which meant that they got the first round bye. So they will play Thursday against Mississippi State, the team they just crushed. Mm. So pretty good weekend for LSU. Uh, who's your guy that does all the statistical breakdown? Can uh, Pompey? No, no, no. Uh, Kent. Kent Lowe. No, not overall national scene basketball. Oh, Jerry Palm? All right. There's another guy. We're going to get to that later on. They actually uh, broke down the percentage of our teams making it to the NCAA tournament. Oh, brother. Why? It is not good. It's I, That's what I'm saying. Why? Uh, on the women's side, Lady Texters will go in as the number three seed. How about that? Yeah, pretty good. Uh, they will play it. Thursday at 2, the winner of a Charlotte-North Texas game. The Lady Tigers from Grambling will be the number three seed. They'll actually be at home in the first round on Tuesday at 6.30 as they play host to Alcorn State. There's a little bit of your college basketball roundup. We move to a big weekend in college baseball. Some uh, eye-popping results, and I think it all has to start with what the Diamond Dogs did on Friday night versus Texas A&M. Yeah, I mean, really, look at what they did the whole weekend. Uh, they took two away from Frisco. Uh, but, yeah, starting Friday night, they take on the number nine-ranked Texas A&M Aggies, and they come up victorious, Aaron. Uh, we were just talking uh, with, with Mark Kramer about uh, the fact that Tanner Huddleston's homer, like it was about to clear the park. Uh, his, his big three-run homer really pushed them to victory. Plus, Matt Miller was just fantastic. Matt Miller round. going up against that Aggies powerful lineup. Uh, seven innings strong, only gave up one earned run and five hits. Huge win for them on uh, Friday. And I don't know if there's many people 
outside of that dugout would have actually thought that they were going to beat Texas A&M, especially anybody that had watched the two previous games at J.C. Love Field, what they did on Sunday, then followed up against Northwestern State. Both losses, you heard from Elaine Burroughs following the Northwestern State game saying, oh, we're a bad ball club right now, but we're yeah. going to get this thing back on track. We're going to get it fixed. And they did on Friday. My whole thing was, you know, looking at this weekend, I was like, man, it's going to be good to see if Tech can compete with these great teams, you know, especially after what we just saw, like you said. And I wanted to see if the pitching could continue to to be successful and maybe the offense could, could match it. And I think you got all of those things, man. Not only did they compete, but they, they took two away. Um, you know, Huddleston was named, got, got MVP honors for uh, two three-run homers. He actually had seven RBI. Uh, in the tournament. So I, I thought it was an incredible show about losing a tech. Now we know that this team can play uh, on this, this big stage with anybody. Uh, he mentioned two of three. They beat Texas A&M. Then they beat Cal 10 to six. And then uh, yesterday against Baylor, they had their opportunities, but they leave 12 men on base. They commit three errors. They ultimately lose to the bears six to one. Still a pretty good weekend for Louisiana tech baseball. Now they move forward and it sets up what, some would have to consider a pretty good matchup, midweek matchup, as they'll make the short trip over to ULM to square off against the Warhawks. And a, a ULM team that loses a midweek game last week to Jackson State. We're wondering how are they going to respond to that. They're going to hop on a bus and however long it takes to get to southern Illinois. They go up there and they walk out of there with a sweep. And look at ULM. They are 9-2 and two on the year now. Yeah, and you just keep thinking, man, what if they would have won that game in 10-1? <laughs> Head into this matchup, that would have been a lot of fun. Still very fun, very uh, highly anticipated. But, yeah, they got the sweep. Uh, Kate Harper was great. I think he was three for four uh, in one of those games with a double. Um, they actually had to grind the, the Friday night game out. They were, had to score two runs in the top of the ninth to win that one, five to four. Uh, but overall, man, you got to see the offense click. The offense really came through this past weekend, and they scored a lot of runs. Yeah, 5-4, ULM uh, goes on the road and comes back. That had to be a nice bus ride home, as nice as a bus ride it can be for being, what, 10 hours. Yeah. <laughs> still walk out of there with a sweep and then knowing uh, Louisiana Tech is coming into your house on Wednesday. All right, ULM fans, you wanted to see a I winner. Listen, I don't think you, you should have any issues, like any trouble with people showing up this week. It's Tech versus ULM. It, there's always an argument about, is this a rivalry? Is this a true rivalry? I think it is. I, I, I think that you're going to see that this 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 week with uh, two red-hot teams squ- squaring off against one another. Listen, you're 9-2 and two on the year. You've won three-fourths of the games you won <laughs> last year. When are we going to put that stat to bed? When they get to 12. When they get past 12, we can put it to bed. Yeah, it but could be by the end of the weekend. It could be. <laughs> but it, we're going to keep bringing it up until they get to 12. Uh, Grambling opens up a swag play. They win their series. That's pretty big, the fact they started at home, and they win two of three. LSU baseball, I don't know what kind of competition they face this week. <laughs> Not a lot. Right. Uh, you know. I heard Palmineri, you know, he was propping up, uh, who was it, Sacred Heart and Toledo. Toledo, and he's saying, oh, these kids from up north, they, oh. they come in here with a chip on their shoulder. They don't get people to come to their games. They don't have great fields to play on. The weather sucks at the beginning of the year. So us Tigers, we got to be ready. I mean, it, you could, you get. It's one of those things where, like, you could argue, oh, we get the best from everybody. We get the best from these teams. But still, you could combine Toledo and Sacred Heart's lineup. 
and I still don't think it's very dangerous, okay? That said, uh, LSU's starting pitching has been so bad this year, I think, you know, success against anybody is a good sign. And uh, here you saw the starting pitching really show out. Uh, Hess is doing all right now. Hess is rolling right now. Again, you know, I want to see what he looks like against a really quality team. I mean, he had a good outing against Texas. But you see Hess and Gilbert combined for 210 pitches this weekend, 20 Ks and zero walks. Zero walks. I, I, that's that's a stat. Again, going up against anybody, that's a stat that I, I find impressive. Mm. And uh, A.J. Lavis had a good debut. He only pitched two innings, but uh, still, still had a pretty good debut. And Mikael Hillard uh, did really well, too. Who comes into the box next? Um, you know what? You just stumped me. All right. Because they, they got Southern. It's Southern. They got Southern tomorrow. And then they got another game Wednesday. They got a lot of games. Mm. All in the box, probably. Yeah, it's in the box. Well, we were curious how they would respond also after losing a midweek game to Southeastern. They come out with flying colors. Biggest news, I think, Zach Hess and what, how many, 13 strikeouts on Friday night? Yeah, pretty pretty nasty. Jake Slaughter had a pretty good night, pretty solid. Well, Jake day Slaughter, too. yeah, he, he uh, has since cooled off. But, you know, remember, he went one for 23, I think is what he started, or one for 21. And then after that, he went seven for 11 and uh, was three for three Friday night. But uh, cooled off a little bit since then. But it's good to see Jake Slaughter get back on track. We got a lot of other headlines to uh, hit on, including uh, high school basketball. The girls' state championships are now behind us. They have wrapped up in Alexander. We'll go through and recap what took place down there. Also, now the boys take center stage this week as everybody heads down to Lake Charles. Yes, uh, some big-time matchups, some really fun matchups. Anytime you get to see, uh, you know, um, these teams on that grand stage. I always worry about the shooting. I guess that I have a reason for that. Just after last year, you see a lot of these teams go down there, and they, they just go cold uh, for some reason. But uh, I'm anxious to see how they fare this year. It's all part of the starting lineup brought to you by Louisiana Pain Care. The starting lineup. Are you crying? The starting lineup. Are you crying? starting lineup. Are you crying? The starting lineup. There's no crying. Let's get to the starting lineup. The coach, Jack Thigpen, will join us at 8 o'clock for his weekly visit. We'll talk some high school and college hoops. The voice of the Warhawks, Nick White, will join us at 8.30. Big week for ULM Athletics. Coming up around, it'll be in the 7.45 segment. A buddy of mine actually went to uh, Duke, North Carolina this weekend. Uh, bucket Something, list. Yes, bucket list. He went to a college game day. He was there. He was in the middle of all that. The Cameron Crazies. Yeah, I'm jealous. We'll get his take on what that experience was like. And Quint says, it's only a rivalry for ULM fans. Tech has bigger fish to fry. There you go. The, the is it a rivalry or not conversation continues. Also, uh, Garrett Terry from Rustin says, how about them Pels? Eight wins in a row, Aaron. We'll have to get to them. Anyway. You're all in. I'm all in. I, I'm going to go see them play in a couple weeks. I hope they're still streaking by the time I see them. What are the odds of them still having this winning streak in place? <laughs> not, not very good. How long? Two weeks from now? Two weeks from now. Uh, actually, less than 13 days from now. Yeah. The countdown's on. That's it. Hit us up, 888-993-7762. We'll also get into the Combine, an eventful weekend, as some guys made some money over the weekend. Ooh, did they? Some really interesting uh, showings at the Combine. I think you've got, there's three really fun stories that have come out so far. We'll get to those also. 888-993-7762. We're back after this. Hmm. 
The way you purchased a car in the past is changing. With Ronnie Ward Toyota of Ruston.com, shop our inventory new and used, value your trade, and apply for financing from home on your couch in the comfort of your bed. Wherever you choose, whatever you want. At Ronnie Ward Toyota of Ruston.com, we'll hand you your keys so you can get to the important things in life. Visit Ronnie Ward Toyota of Ruston.com. Drive your dream. Live to drive. So you're getting a tax check back. Well, good. Need a way to haul that check around? Maybe put a cover over it. Or do you need a place to store that tax check? Ideal Portable Buildings takes care of all three. Use your refund to quit paying rent on a storage unit with a new custom building in whatever size you need built right there on your lot. For all the new stuff you buy, Ideal has the right utility trailer to haul it around. 8 to 12 to 16 feet with LED light packages, treated floors, spare tire mounts, and more. And protect that new stuff from the rain with a new carport from Ideal, Northeast Louisiana's number one Eagle carport dealer. Built in any size and layout you need from single car to RV up to barn size. Rent to own with no credit check or 12 months same as cash with approved credit. So double the value of that tax refund with the new building, utility trailer, or carport from Ideal Portable Buildings. Call them at 699-9426, 699-9426. If your business depends on technology, then you can depend on NetTech. We offer remote desktop and service management, cloud-based document access, email services, IP phone services, fiber internet, and data security products. With locations in Monroe and in Ruston, our friendly technicians and help desk staff are ready to solve all your IT problems. Let NetTech be your IT department. Visit nettech.net or call 866-668-0001 today. Good morning, Louisiana. This is the Morning Drive. This hour is sponsored by Ronnie Ward, Toyota of Ruston. Welcome back to the morning drive, juggling a lot of paperwork around here on a Monday. Yeah, at least we can read these uh, printed out sheets. <laughs> uh, we got brackets in front of us. We got stat sheets from the weekend. Where do you want to start in terms of uh, high school hoops? Uh, let's start with the girls right. since they are finished. So only one team, only one squad from uh, northeast Louisiana or north Louisiana is returning for, with a state championship, and that being the Delhi Lady Bears. Congratulations to them. Yes, congrats to them. I believe it is the – when you get into these historical things, sometimes it gets a little shady. I believe it's their third state championship all time. 73 and 70 were the other two times. Yeah. Well. Congratulations to them. They win 69 to 53 against Maryville. Uh, that Corn Oyer girl that we've been mentioning has 5,000 <laughs> career points. I'm glad you don't have to say her name anymore. She uh, scored 33, so they held her below her uh, season average of Good. 35. The biggest news from this game, Stubblefield from uh, Delhi. She had 37 points in this victory. Congratulations to those Lady Bears. They celebrate that state championship. Uh, the other ones, of course, uh, being Atlanta. They fall 69-54 to 54 to Plainview. And then uh, Claiborne Christian, talk about it, probably the most exciting game. goes right down to the wire. goes right down to the wire, but they ultimately fall to Christ Episcopal 54-52. Uh, to 52. Uh, Taylor Lilly led uh, Claiborne Christian with 21 points. But, uh, yeah, they went right to the wire and weren't able to pull it out. Uh, really crazy situation. They bring it down court. 
Uh, they throw up a desperation shot, and it falls in the hands of a girl right under the bucket. And it looks like she's going to get a layup uh-huh. to send it to overtime. And out of nowhere, uh, they come flying in and make a sensational block. Game ends. Claymore Christian falls two points short. Uh, Neville in the nightcap in the 4A state championship going after that first state title since 1959. They end up falling to Warren Easton 56-40. to Easton got off to a fast start, outscored them 19-12 to in the first quarter, and then the second quarter uh, pulled away 18-6. to Neville made a little bit of a rally in the third, outscoring them by four points, but ultimately they fall by 16. But a sensational year for Neville to get to the state championship game. Their season ends with a 24-9 and record. Yeah, an incredible run. It was fun to watch them go through. You know, they had this rough outing in the Ravel tournament, and it was since then they turned their whole season around and uh, just got red hot and ran through district and really made it fun through this this postseason. And you know, seeing uh, seeing them get to this point was really fun. But you got to give Warren Easton credit. They they went out there and they played defense. They played defense against some really tough um, players and Shaquanja Carter and Shania Miniweather. They did a really good job of defending those two girls. Overall, it's wrapped up there at uh, Rapides Coliseum. Uh, the backlash you continue to hear from a lot of uh, South Louisiana schools, media members, and coaches uh, was not well attended this past weekend, and there wasn't a lot of competitive games. Wow. You know? Well, the competitive games is an argument. You're going to continue to hear from, of course, New Orleans schools about the fact that they have to drive. But, I mean, this is an entire state. It's just not catered to them, correct? Exactly. And it's, you know, it's much close. You still have teams up here that are that are competing as well. And it just, it's, I think. But when 12 state championship games are being played, and you're going to look at the schedule, and you're like, is it really fair or is it right to be playing games at, 11 noon on a Friday, a school day at that? No. But what else are you going to do? Yeah. What else are you going to do? You know, you got the, so many games to be played. How are you going to manage that? And, you know, how long are you willing to, to rent out a place? You know, you got to think about the logistics of it. I mean, there's only, there's only so many things you can do. And I think they do a good job of taking the bigger schools and trying to have those played at night. For the most part, I think they did a pretty good job of that. Going to have a lot of the same issues, of course, uh, this week with uh, the boys' state championships being played out over in Lake Charles. We have seven area teams still in the hunt for state titles. Yeah, it's getting kicked off today with, with semifinals games. All right, let's go through what first what took place on Friday. Uh, Washita takes care of business versus Bonneville in the 5A quarterfinals at home in the Madhouse. It was a little uh, dicey there for majority of the game, but they pull away late. Yes, they pulled away late. Um, and give, give Washtenaw credit, man. That was that was a tough game. And now, you know, I think they really rode the, the, the coattails of that student section. I tell you, what, when the students show up and they make the madhouse mad and just raucous, I, I, that's one of the toughest places to win. And that was the case Friday night. In Class uh, 3A, Richwood versus Peabody. The War Horses do advance on and the Rams season 73-62. I called down to Alexandria on Friday. You could tell I was a little riled up. I said, hey, uh, can we get some highlights from uh, Richwood Peabody? Oh, no, we're not going to shoot that game. What? <laughs> I said, <laughs> you got one team. What was their excuse? Uh, it was a Class C squad. I think Grace Christian, they were having their first home playoff game. Man. I that's... said, Peabody is your uh, your bread and butter. 
Yeah, Peabody is. This is your team. Yeah, they're they're known for for winning in three A. I'm sure that went over well. Yeah, I'm sure they. No did. highlights of Peabody. Wow. And then of course I snickered when I saw the score at halftime. Richwood was right. Uh, right in the ball game. They're either ahead or down by two. Yeah, it was it was a very tight game. <laughs> That's unfortunate. Well, sorry for the fans in Alexandria. 73-62, Peabody does advance. We were at Carroll versus Wasman. They tell us that place seats 1,900. They fit more in. <laughs> <laughs> they got 2,000 in. I'm just guessing. Like I said on the news, uh, I did not see the fire marshal, and that's probably a good thing. That's a very good thing. <laughs> we do know that they turned people away, though. Yes. Uh, apparently, at halftime, there were like 40 or so people outside just hanging out trying to Talk their way in. And we saw a number of people as they come in and they continue to try to find them seats in there. And uh, good luck. Good luck, yeah. It was wild, though. It was fun. It was one of those things where I thought Wasman was going to really hand it to them. And they, they were up by 21 points in the second quarter. And then, lo and behold, they run into some foul trouble issues. And Carroll comes out of halftime like a completely different mm. team. A completely different team. They were... Uh, on in the glass, and they went on this 18-4 to run and ultimately tied it up in the fourth quarter. They go from being down by 21 in the second quarter to tying it up in the fourth quarter, but Wasp makes that run in the fourth quarter to win it. As crowded as it was in there, uh, there was only probably about a span of five or six minutes when Carroll was making that run and, of course, came back to tie it up where it really started to go back and forth. Yeah, uh, that's kind of when – and thank God we didn't have the same – uh, officials as we did for the Washington. They game. let him play. They let him play. And almost too much in certain points, but if it's going to be one extreme one way or the other, I'd rather it be that way. I'd rather them play. Uh, Wasserman was able to build the lead. Jalen Nat was incredible there in the first half, burying five three-pointers, yes. and then he made another huge one there in uh, the second half that kind of gave Wasserman some breathing room. They end up knocking off their rival once again, and Wasserman is heading back to the state semifinals. Wasserman. Back again, third straight year in a row for Casey Jones. Uh, the score may be a little deceiving. Rayville had to sweat it out a tad versus Lakeview, their number eight seed. Hurt my average a little bit. The average now, average uh, margin of victory now is 44 points. So I'm starting to sh- sweat that 25-point margin. No, <laughs> I thought it was down to 34. It's still 44. 44, oh. <laughs> yes. So through three games, Rayville's won by an average of 44, 44 points. points. Yes, sir. Jake at the beginning said it would be over 25. He's right on the money so far. Yeah, I think I'm good. Uh, Faraday uh, takes one on the chin to uh, North Caddo, 64-52. Lakeside, as we mentioned, loses to Rayville. Uh, in 1A, you got uh, Tensaw taking care of business versus Sicily Island. Haynesville falls to North Central and Jonesboro-Hodge versus Delhi. We talked about this game last week. It was a fantastic matchup, but Delhi goes on to win. Delhi still in the hunt to win now at girls and boys state championships. Yes, sir. I like their chances, too. Uh, Simsboro's heading back to the uh, state semifinals, I believe, for the third straight year. Big win for them. Weston, on the other side of the bracket, falls to Zawali. And Summerfield is moving on. They will play in the semifinals. We believe that takes place today, today at 3 o'clock. 3 o'clock against Pleasant Hill. So we look at the schedule for uh, this week and the way it is uh, shaping up. Uh, the 1A games, you've got Summerfield today, and the 1A matchups you have uh, Delhi versus North Central at 1.15 on Tuesday. And then at uh, 11.30, actually, before them will be Tensaw versus White Castle. Could we have a Northeast Louisiana matchup, a rematch between Tensaw and Delhi if they Please. take care of business? Yes, I would like to see that. 
On Wednesday, it's shaping up. Uh, Simsboro is going to hit the court at 445 versus Hicks. And then uh, Ravel versus Red River at, ooh, no, that's, uh, oh, Wasman versus Madison at 615. We talked about chicken sc- scratches. That's what I'm having issues over here. Wait, wait, read, wait, read my wait. handwriting. Wasman Madison Prep, 615 on Wednesday. Okay. Simsboro versus Hicks at 445. Now on Thursday, you will have uh, Ravel versus Red River at 445 and Washita versus Landry Walker at 615 on Thursday. There you go. You're covered. Ooh. I'm telling you, sometimes that handwriting. It's pretty bad. All right, so what do you envision with uh, seven area teams in the hunt for titles? I still like Ravel. I think we're going to get that Delhi Tensaw matchup. I'm crossing my fingers for that. And, you know, Wasman and Washtenaw, it's going to be tough. It's going to be tough for them to win those state titles. But I think I'm going to say one of those get to the state. I think one of them wins the state title. I don't know who yet. Uh, 3A is so tough, but Wasman just looks like on a roll right now. Uh, Washita's playing really good ball, too. I'm going to say one of those wins a state title. Mm. It should be uh, interesting. Simsboro. Of course, yeah, Simsboro. Yeah, that's the lock, right? Them and Ravel. I feel like they are the locks. Let's take a timeout. We're looking forward to a big weekend of uh, high school hoops. What's your biggest takeaway from the weekend? 888-993-7762. The Morning Drive. Back after this. The North Louisiana Orthopedic and Sports Medicine Clinic is dedicated to helping you get back to your old self, maybe even better. Whether a sports-related injury or an accident in daily life has you sidelined, let the progressive all-star team of physicians, therapists, and professional staff at North Louisiana Orthopedic and Sports Medicine Clinic provide superior service and results. Visit us at MonroeOrtho.com to schedule your appointment at one of our three locations in Ruston, West Monroe, or 1501 Louisville Avenue in Monroe. The way you purchased a car in the past is changing with Ronnie Ward Toyota of Ruston.com. Shop our inventory new and used, value your trade, and apply for financing from home on your couch in the comfort of your bed. Wherever you choose, whatever you want, at Ronnie Ward Toyota of Ruston.com, we'll hand you your keys so you can get to the important things in life. Visit Ronnie Ward Toyota of Ruston.com. Drive your dream, live to drive. You want new window tinting for your car, and you're getting tax money back from Uncle Sam. Bring that combo to Magic Glass and Tint in West Monroe and let us tint you up. Not only does professional tinting from Magic Glass keep your car cool, but it protects the interior from harmful, damaging UV rays, all at very affordable prices. Expert window tinting and accessories for your car or truck. Magic does it all. Magic Glass and Tint, 1515 Cypress Street, West Monroe. Let's get back to the sports on the morning drive. This hour is sponsored by Ronnie Ward Toyota of Ruston. All right, Jake, we've been uh, gone through 30 minutes of the show. What have we missed so far from a busy weekend? A lot, surprisingly. There's been so much that's happened this weekend that we haven't gotten to everything. All right, we need to stop stalling and get to the Pelicans real quick. Pelicans won, eighth, won their eighth game in a row. Uh, last night they defeated the Mavs 126-109. to 109. Aaron, you know, we talk so much about Anthony Davis, and rightfully so. He's playing out of his mind. But in this eight-game win streak, Drew Holiday has scored over 20 points in each game. And last night, he had 30 points and seven assists. So I think he has really played. You remember when they first got Boogie, and he was the one who suffered 
he couldn't really. You thought you thought he would be the one that would benefit from those two bigs, but it seemed like he he struggled to find his role. Well, he's done that and then some with Boogie, and now without Boogie, he's stepping up even even further. So, I think he's playing a lot of great ball too and deserves some recognition as well. It's not just the Anthony Davis show. The other thing that stood out for me from the NBA, besides the fact that Kobe wins an Oscar, is uh, <laughs> Paul Millsap coming back. Former Louisiana Tech star, of course, coming back from that ligament injury in his left wrist. He said on his return after being out 100 days that he cried a bit. Just meant so much for him to get back and, of course, uh, rejoin Denver, and they certainly need him for their playoff push. No doubt. Yeah, certainly do need him. Um, yeah, it's great to see, you know, and he's going he's gonna to bring a lot to the table. I feel like we should have some homework today, Aaron. We should both go watch the Kobe Bryant documentary and just give a full-length review. You think everybody would like us to do that? That's all right. Okay. Uh, I know you enjoyed uh, watching guys run around in their gym shorts at the combine. <laughs> I thought you were going to make a UFC joke for a second. Um, yes, I did, actually. I, I, I thought the fact that, you know, let's go through. The, there's three things that, that stood out to me. Okay. First... Let's go ahead and hit on it, DJ Chark, because yeah. everybody loves to talk about LSU receivers after they leave LSU. Um, what did he run? I think it was a four three six or four three eight. Uh, it was a four three something. Um, but anyway, he got into the four three range, and that's when everybody's you know has all these oh these LSU receivers do so great after they leave LSU. But the fact is, he is a great talent. We knew he was a great talent, and it does make you scratch your head a little bit. I thought they, they went to him a lot last year. They did use him a lot last year. But in years prior, after he, you remember he would have those breakout springs and they just wouldn't really use him that much. And that was always um, a mind bender of sorts just for, for LSU fans just because why, why aren't you using this guy? We, we see how talented he is. Anyway, now that he's ran that 4-3. Doug says 4-3-4. 4-3-4. Okay, thank you. Uh, now that he's run that – he's pretty much ensured a top 50 pick just gathering all the info from all the scouts and stuff. They said, you know, him running that time uh, pretty much ensures him to be taken within the first two rounds, pretty, pretty early in the second round. How about our Arden key? Uh, I think he weighed in at 238. He mm-hmm. said his weight had fluctuated at some point as high as 280. Yeah. And then uh, report, like reporters tried to pry about his leave of absence from uh, LSU last spring. He didn't reveal much, but he said teams did ask about it. He addressed it with them. And uh, his quote, and I wrote it down, he told them, I made mistakes, bad decisions, but I am the best pass rusher in this class. You're making a mistake if you don't pick me. Yeah, and he didn't run the 40. He's going to run it at LSU's pro day. Uh, I think he's still trying to recover uh, from his injury, but – yeah, I mean, he, he when he, he even acknowledging the fact that he got up there and weighed, he looked that way this year. You know, it took him so long to get back into shape and back to Arden Key form. Would you take him? Uh, how high? Second round? Oh, yeah. Without a doubt. High first round? I don't know about high first. Listen, I, I want to see what he does at the LSU Pro Day, mm. first of all. And I know people are now going to question, you know, what, what was the deal? Why did he miss? Oh. Are there character issues with him? But pass rushers are, are, are gold in the NFL, and I think that's that's going to help him at the end of the day. But you look at last year and the impact that he had or the lack of impact, and, I mean, there can be several different reasons. For, Considering for, he didn't play during the spring, his sure. weight issues, and, of course, he talked about the fact it took him a while to get back into shape last year. 
But he was invisible a lot of times. Uh, yeah, a lot of times. But you saw that stretch that they had where they beat Auburn and beat Florida. He was getting back to himself. And I thought you saw a lot of old Arden Key in there. And that was a big reason why they won those games. And so you saw flashes last year. But you've seen it throughout his career. But you saw flashes last year. And I think that if you're investing that much money into somebody, you want to know that this guy doesn't have any character issues. He's going to be – 100% committed to playing football for you. And that's that's the only reason why I say he's, he's maybe maybe you wait till the second round. But second round pick, no doubt. I, I'm definitely taking him in the second round. Uh, text here, unnamed. LSU always has good receivers, just never a quarterback to throw to them. Reference to DJ Shark and what he continues to do, and he moves up the draft board. Other news from the NFL Combine, uh, Baker Mayfield did meet with the Saints on Friday. So they did have a discussion, as you would expect the Saints always do, with yeah. quarterback prospects. Sure. Um, I would love it if he, if he came in and, and learned from Drew Brees, but I, I, don't think, I don't think that's the route that the Saints would take. Biggest news from the NFL Combine, uh, how did my boy Park Barkley do from Penn State? Dude, this was insane. So Saquon Barkley – stands out among freaks mm. okay this was let me just tell you how good he did so he ran a 4-4 and a 40-yard dash and i love what nfl nfl's instagram did they compared him to other other great um, nfl players so he ran a 4-4 which is better than devin hester he bench pressed he got 29 reps which is better than joe thomas an offensive lineman Okay. Joe Thomas has long arms. Yes, yes. But still, impressive. 29 yeah. reps yeah. for a running back. Uh, vertical jump, 41 inches, which is better than Julio Jones. And his 10-yard split was 1.54, which is better than Deshaun Jackson. That's insane. Like, you, you look at that and you're just like, this guy, That's a freak. This guy stands out among unique individuals. Like that's people are gushing about him. I've seen a lot of funny quotes about it. Um, I, I guess I can say this quote. I saw this yesterday. Um, I, I, I'm not going to attribute it because I forgot who who had it. But somebody had a quote from an NFL scout, or I think it was an NFL assistant, said, "I would punch myself in the nuts several times to draft him." <laughs> that's how much people want this guy. Like NFL executives are looking at Saquon Barkley and just gushing about this guy. Hmm. Should I not have said that quote? Shaquem uh, Griffin, <laughs> uh, how about the performance in the weekend that he had? It appeared the Central uh, Florida linebacker was not going to even be invited to the Combine. It's probably a good thing that they invited him because he stole the show. He did steal the show, and this was this is a great story. I always thought it was fun to watch him play for UCF just because it is inspiring to see a man go out there Without a hand mm-hmm. and affect the football game. So where he first caught a lot of attention, he does the bench press and they uh, yeah. devise a contraption for him to use with the bench press, and he does 20 reps on 225, and everybody's like, "Wow, yeah, that's pretty darn good." Pretty darn good. And then they ask him, "Well, uh, how are you going to do in the 40? You going to be able to run better than a four six or a four five five five?" And uh, he's like, "Yeah, we'll see. I think I'll be all right." <laughs> and then he goes out there and he blows them away. Blows him away, has the fastest 40 time for a linebacker since 2003. Mm. How about that? I mean, what a great story. And so I I guess I haven't really been reading up on him and and what, you know, people are saying about him, where he's projected. 
to go in the draft, but I think if a guy runs that fast. Mort over the weekend said uh, he was before projected as perhaps a, a fifth rounder at best. Now he's maybe made his way, moved his way up into the fourth round. Yeah. I'll, I think that's a pretty good spot, fourth round, because if a guy is that fast at linebacker, he's strong, he can play the game, he's learned how to play the game with his handicap. But I just think it's also, like, I also look at it from the NFL's point of view and I look at it from some of these, you know, GMs and, and think, are they really going to pull the trigger on a guy without a hand to play linebacker? Hmm. So, but fourth round, I would love to see him get picked in the fourth round. He's, he's a guy I'm definitely rooting for. I think this has been one of the – most fun – I know the, the years were just getting into 2018, but I think it's been one of the more interesting stories of 2018. Man, got a lot of uh, bad jokes here this morning on a Monday. <laughs> really bad jokes. Oh, my goodness, guys. <laughs> uh, I'm amazed by him. I'm inspired by him. People are having fun at his expense. I know. We, I won't, even, we won't even read them, but keep the text coming, 888 <laughs> The story that I thought uh, caught the attention, especially yesterday, you see uh, Tulane was playing uh, Cal State Fullerton on Sunday, and it seems, I don't know how this happens, they made their way down to the Big Easy, and a few uh, Cal State players uh, missed their curfew, the head coach was going through on Saturday night, and oh, there's not seven players in their room, they came down with the flu, I guess. Mm. I bet that's a major issue. So, what happens, going into Sunday, he suspends benches the seven players but he does not allow them to sit in the dugout he puts them out in the outfield and he's got they got to sit out there in the bleachers he said he wanted to embarrass the heck out of them <laughs> but unfortunately when you lose seven players that's going to hurt your team well sure they ended up i believe with three pitchers actually had to be they were they ended the game with the three pitchers on the field three pitchers playing yeah oh man yeah so does it say what the curfew was? I'm just curious. No. <laughs> okay. I'm just curious because, like, you know, New Orleans, they, they haven't been. He made the argument, we've been to Vegas before, we've been to Hawaii, we've been to other places. Now we come down to New Orleans and we have this issue. He said their biggest mistake was the fact that, of course, I was doing the check-ins and the bed check, and seven of them were not in. And he said, I gave them plenty of time to go out and explore the city. They still could not get in, and I wanted to make sure that I embarrassed the heck out of them. That is there are pictures of them in full uniform yeah. sitting out there in the bleachers. Should have made them shag balls. That's funny. <laughs> uh, headlines that we missed, hit us up, 888-993-7762. The Morning Drive is back after this. Whether you have a sports or an orthopedic injury, nagging low back or neck pain, work-related injury, or even vertigo, get the care and treatment you need at Legacy Outpatient Therapy Services. LOTS has been a reliable health care provider for Ruston and the surrounding communities for over 15 years. Give Chase Patterson and his team of skilled therapists a call at 318-255-9601 or visit our website at LegacyRehab.net. LOTS, official partner of Louisiana Tech Athletics and your home for trusted therapy solutions. Powered by Legacy Rehabilitation. The way you purchased a car in the past is changing with Ronnie Ward Toyota of Ruston.com. Shop our inventory new and used, value your trade, and apply for financing from home on your couch in the comfort of your bed. Wherever you choose, whenever you want, at Ronnie Ward Toyota of Ruston.com, we'll hand you your keys so you can get to the important things in life. Visit Ronnie Ward Toyota of Ruston.com. Drive your dream, live to drive. 
Hooters smoked wings are marinated overnight. Then hickory smoked low and slow. With only half the calories, so you can eat twice as many. In fact, our smoked wings are so good, you might just come to Hooters for the food. Wait, what? That can't be right. That's just crazy talk. Come in for all the games and get a scratch and wing card when you try our new smoked wings. Every card's a winner. Crazy, crazy, crazy. Hooters. You work hard to recruit the best talent for your business, so you know today's candidates want perks they can enjoy every day. Give them the healthy, active office culture they're looking for with Veridesk Standing Desk Solutions. The new Veridesk ProDesk 60 Electric is a commercial-grade electric standing desk that lets you sit or stand with the touch of a button, and it assembles in under five minutes. To learn more about the ProDesk 60 Electric, visit veridesk.com radio. That's V-A-R-I-Desk.com slash radio. Local Sports Talk is on the air on the morning drive. This hour is sponsored by Ronnie Ward, Toyota of Ruston. Welcome back to the morning drive. Aaron and Jake hanging out on this Monday morning. Boy, cover a lot of ground in the first 45 minutes. An eventful weekend to say the least, Jake. A very eventful weekend. Uh, you did not mention, though, Duke, North Carolina. Did you watch any of a college uh, game day or whatever the version is that they have for basketball? Yeah, it's college game day. I, I actually didn't. I usually try to catch a, a little bit of it for basketball, and I, just, I was traveling Saturday, yeah. so I wasn't able to. Well, we want to get a, a firsthand version on what that experience was like. A lot of people, when they start doing their bucket list of things that they want to do, uh, being a part of the North Carolina Duke rivalry certainly is on that, or at least go to Cameron Indoor. A man that got an opportunity to do that and see a little bit of a college game day this past weekend joins us on the Stuart Shelby State Farm Hotline. His name is Daryl Bruchier. He's a former KTOL sports anchor, sports director. Now he is just an avid sports fan. What up, Daryl? How are you doing this morning, bud? Hey, Aaron. Good morning, guys. How are you? Good. So how did this all come about, the fact that you were in that area and then you saw college game day was going to be there? You're like, well, let me go check it out. Well, that's pretty much it. My daughter is uh, is a student at Duke, and so um, she was complaining that we hadn't come to visit her, and so she had come home for Christmas, and she said, you need to come visit. And we said, okay, well, you know, we'll just pick a weekend, and we'll come, whatever's convenient for you. So she checked her work and academic schedule and all that, and she said, well, first weekend in March sounds good. And I said, well, all right. So we booked it. And so then I started looking first weekend in March, and I thought, well, look at her. She has really pulled something off here. She's uh, She's going to surprise me with these tickets for this game, right? <laughs> and so, uh, but I'm, you know, I'm playing coy. Get up there uh, this past weekend, and I, no one even those tickets are going to show up. <laughs> no, it was just a coincidence. She hadn't thought of it at all. So, of course, I immediately, well, you know, I have to go to this, right? So I, I got on StubHub and some other secondary markets, and the tickets on Thursday on the top row were fifteen hundred each. <laughs> Each, and I thought, okay, sure they'll you know they'll come down, especially after North Carolina lost. And then, um, no, no, they kept going up. And by the time Saturday rolled around, the lowest available ticket was twenty four hundred dollars. So I thought, you know nothing what? For you, Daryl, nothing. I'm for not you. You gonna that. do that. So um, and then and people were texting me because they knew I was there, and they're, oh, you'll get in somehow. You'll get in somehow. So, uh, but then game day was there, which was nice. So I, I thought, well, all right. Well, well, and so that's the answer to your question. What what happened? So we said, well, let's just we can't get in for the game. Let's go watch game day. So we did, and and then we looked around, and it was really interesting because um, 
I'm not sure what you want to know, but game day comes on at um, 11 o'clock Eastern, and so they the doors open at 9.30. And I thought it was interesting. They had two entrances. They had the student entrance, and this was a line at 9.30. There was a line, I don't know, 150, 200 yards long to get in. And then they had the public entrance. So I walked around to the public entrance, and the student entrance got the kids, and they were all dressed up, of course, because that's what you're going to see on TV, got them into the lower level of the stadium, of the, the arena. It's called Cameron Indoor Stadium. But, but the public entrance got you into the upper level, which was a great seat, especially for me. With a background in television, I really enjoyed watching them set up for game day and watch you know, the lights and the cameras and the staging and the sets and watching them get everybody's IFBs on and their headsets on and all that stuff. So I was fascinated by the process. So, um, and, and that was it. So we got in about 9.30, and we stayed all the way through the end of the show at noon. And it was fun. We had a great time. I mean, they, the half of the arena was full, the half that was on TV. And, uh, I, you know, it was a full event with, uh, you know, concessions and cheerleaders and the dance line and contests that are typically done, like, between, uh, you know, during timeouts or at halftime and that kind of thing. You know, half half court shooting contest, layup contest. They played a game of horse, but they spelled Duke instead of horse. You know, all the it was a full event, as if there was a basketball game going on, except there wasn't a basketball game going on. Was that your first time at Cameron Indoor, and was there anything that surprised you about the place? It was not my first time. Uh, it I had gone through uh, visiting my daughter previously, but it was my first time. If there was an event in there. The only other time I, w- I was in, the last time I was in there, they were having, like, the state volleyball championships or something in there. Mm-hmm. But uh, what, what surprises you going in is that it's, it's, I guess you get a sense of this on television, it's smaller than you would expect. I did also drive. I wanted to do the drive. So we drove to Chapel Hill, and we drove to the Dean Dome, and we, we drove to Franklin Street in Chapel Hill, and we went to the top of the hill, which is a famous restaurant where a lot of stuff happens after North Carolina has big wins and all that. I wanted to have that experience. And so, you know, the, the, the contrast in size between the Dean Smith Center and Cameron Indoor is remarkable. You look at the Dean Smith Center, it looks like an arena, you know, like where you'd have a major concert or something. But Cameron, it, it really does. It, it You know, from the outside looking in, if somebody told you, if somebody parachuted you in and said, look at that, except for the exterior architecture, if you looked at the size of it, you would think you would be in a good-sized high school gym. It's pretty small. Hmm. So yeah. you wake up Saturday morning, and, of course, you're making your way to Cameron Indoor. What's the vibe like? Really? Oh, that's the kidding. best part. You know, first of all, I, I didn't know where I was going, and so uh, we took the hotel shuttle. I happened to be, I certainly didn't plan this, but I happened to be in the same hotel as the whole game day crew, everybody. I mean, I saw all of them. I saw, you know, Reese Davis and, um, and uh, you know, and, and, and Jay Billis and, and all those mm-hmm. guys. And, uh, and then later I rode an elevator with Dan Shulman, um, but, you know, and, and I was fascinated to watch those guys interact with people. I didn't bother them. You know, like, there they are. I recognize them, sure. But they were all very gracious with the people, which I guess comes with the job. And so we hop on the shuttle, and we're just on the shuttle, uh, and we start making small talk with this lady, and it's Wendy Billis. It's Jay Billis's wife. And um, she's, um, she's a Duke alum, as is he, and their daughter is currently a student at Duke. So she knows her way around. So she's the one who really helped us. Go, look, here's where you need to go in with no must, no fuss, no waiting. But ah. um, the uh, uh, again, when I got there, uh, there was, like I said, a line of, of students, and they were all 
you know, dressed in their outfits. Uh, and and it was it's a festival atmosphere. The, this Kville, Shusheskyville, they call it, which is there's a big basketball museum, which is really neat. When you walk in, they have two giant posters, which are the faces of Duke basketball men's and women's basketball, Grant Hill and Elena Beard. Elena Beard, who's of course from Shreveport, so she's the face of Duke women's basketball. When you walk into the Shusheskyville Museum, that's amazing. So. Um, and so there's like this big quad. It's an open area. And uh, students had been camped out since the first week of January with tents to get, um, to get in line to get the student access for this game. It's that big a thing. Uh, it was made all the more fascinating that we were on the southern end of this big nor'easter. Uh, we got none of the rain but a lot of the wind. Winds were going like 40 miles an hour. So it was really interesting to watch them try to batten down the hatches and keep the tents up because they had been camped out in this quad for weeks and uh and then all along there of course there were you know concessions and food trucks you know and the pizza guys and all this stuff it was it was a big tailgate experience really except no tailgates you know it was all because it's kind of in the middle of campus so you kind of got to walk up to it but so uh, is it safe to say your your daughter wasn't one of those students camped out for the last six weeks in a tent no, I, and, I, and I really thought she had pulled something off. I thought she had pulled a string, you know, called in a favor, asked a friend, something like that. Well, she's in grad school. That's a, that's a different thing. You know, she's just in a different mindset. But uh, we did go uh, to a bar uh, called Satisfaction, which is a sports bar, big place there in Durham, and, uh, and watched the game, which is an experience in itself because everybody there was dressed up. And, you know, the, the staff was very stressed because it was – it's. It's their biggest night of the year. Now, you think about this. It's hard for those, those of us who have a football mindset to understand that this night, or these two nights, because they play home and home, it, these sports bars, it's their biggest night of the year. They know they're, it's going to be standing room only, and maybe they're going to be turning people away. And literally, if you, if you can imagine a walk-ons or something like that where you've got all these big TVs, and generally you're going to see a, you know, a bunch of different games. Well, Literally every television was on one game, and I, I was sending some texts back and forth to my buddies. Said, "How quickly will I get kicked out if I ask them to change, you know, to the to the <laughs> Butler game or something?" But um, and so I mean, and it was so fascinating because, you know, when Duke had the ball, everybody would be quiet so you could hear the announce team, and then when something happened, you know, it would just it would go from like pin drop quiet. To deafening roar, just in a, in, in, you know, in the blink of an eye, it was really neat. I mean, there's a you know, like I said, we guys, we all have a football perspective. Um, haven't ever had a basketball experience quite like that. I mean, the only other time, one time, I had the opportunity to go to a an early season game at Rupp Arena, and uh, it's kind of the same, you know. The, and those fans are, are kind of as rabid, but this was this is really neat. And I'll, I'll say another thing to you is um, because I did make the drive between Durham and Chapel Hill. Uh, you know, I, I, thought, I felt like I was at a bowl game, except it was basketball, in the sense that everybody, so many people, I don't want to say everybody, but such a high percentage of people I saw were wearing their team colors around both mm. towns all day. It, it's it, literally what, eight, eight, eight miles? Is that correct? Eight, ten miles? Yeah, I think it's 9.5 by, you know, on the road. And it's with, with all the traffic and everything. It's about a twenty-five minute drive. Yeah, huh. took us twenty. Good stuff, Daryl. 
Awesome. Yeah. You've gotten an opportunity to do a lot of different things uh, as a fan and as a as a back in the day as a journalist. Uh, I guess that's got to be somewhere in the top twenty, top twenty five, just being yeah. here at the college game. I would say so. I, again, you know, it, it's it's I, somebody was comparing uh, this to like a Super Bowl or the Rose Bowl or something like that. And what I would say to you is, the the Super Bowl is a hurricane. Duke UNC is a tornado. They're both very powerful. They're both intense. One is just a lot bigger than the other and lasts longer. Does that make sense? So a tornado comes in. It's a cyclone. It does its destruction. It's a big thing, and everybody notices. That's Duke, North Carolina. Uh, a hurricane, man, you know it's coming for days, and it builds, and it's big, and it lasts a week. And, oh, my, that's the Super Bowl. They're still both fascinating. They're still forces of nature. Uh, but, yeah, this is a cultural experience I'm glad I had, yeah, for sure, as a sports Good fan. Good stuff, Joe. Thanks. Uh, I hope you didn't give your daughter too much of a hard time afterwards. Uh, it was hard. <laughs> Good stuff, Joe. We need to have you on more often. That was a great story. Thanks for giving it that perspective. Well, thanks for being interested. Thanks, bud. You bet. Daryl Boucher, Bye. former uh, sports anchor, director over at KTAL, now just a rabid fan. Gets to go all over the country doing cool things. Yeah, and his daughter's going to Duke, so... Um, Good, good, good thinking on his part to get out of our business, Aaron. <laughs> good thinking on his part. Would that be certainly on your bucket list for Dude, sports? I've go always to a Duke, said, I've always North said, Carolina game, Duke, North Carolina. But does it have to be at Cameron Indoor? It doesn't have to be. I would rather it be there though, just because that's you know that's what I grew up watching. I, I loved the synchronization and the, the the hand gestures and just the rabidness of that fan base. Not saying North Carolina fans aren't, but there was just something about watching Duke games on TV as a kid where it just was like, I need to be there one day, right? And that's so that's near the top of my list. Omaha is near the top too. It's a shame, really, that I still haven't been to Omaha yet. Like, I feel like that should have happened already. But uh, so Omaha is still up there. I need to do all these things before I have a kid, man. Yeah, Wrigley would certainly. Tabor, that's got to be right at the top of your list, right? Just spend a couple of days in Chicago being the bleachers. Yes. Mm. That would be cool. Uh, my friends got to do that this past year, and they, you know, they were bragging to me that they got to check that off the list. And yeah, that's you know, I think Duke has to be top three, though, right? Do you, do you consider it to be top three? I would love to go to the Rose Bowl one day too, mm-hmm. to, to see a Rose Bowl game. Would be incredible. I uh, think you may be onto something. Top ten Thursday. Yeah. Best sports experiences. The bucket list. How would that play on air though? You know, Richie. Richie's already giving me <laughs> crap today. He said, as bad as the jokes may be, they're still not as bad as thinking a top ten college traditions list would play well over the radio. <laughs> I thought we were past this, Richie, but I guess we're just going to keep bringing it back up. How would that play on the air, Richie? Would you like us to do top ten bucket list in sports? Well, we haven't heard the ring cleaner line in a while either. That's true. We've moved past that. That is true. So, Yeah. <laughs> I miss Steve. We haven't heard from Steve in a while. Yes. 888-993-7762. It's the Stuart Shelby State Farm hotline slash text line. Go to stuartshelby.com for a free quote. The morning drive returns after this. The coach, Jack Thigpeak, joins us after the break. Thanks for listening to the best of the morning drive with Dietrich and White. To listen live every day, tune in at ESPN977.com or subscribe in iTunes, Stitcher, or wherever you find podcasts.